women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. And a good night, It's Friday. Baruch Hashem. Friday means Shabbos, where we don't have to have Zoom classrooms or Google Classroom or this other artificial situation where in so many homes, mothers and fathers are going from child to child, thank God, to supervise, to direct their attention to a small screen which is draining on the children and draining on the parents and teachers who are scrambling to try and find effective ways to educate to educate on the screen. And so many people alone in their homes, some, so many people not feeling well, so many people worried, so many people just not used to this. Should we get used to this? How do we deal with a time like this? Where should our focus be? Where should we be putting our energies? Should we just be trying to get through this time? Looking forward to a time when we don't have this mandatory lockdown? Or should we remember that everything that God does he does for the good. It might come into this world diffused, looking strange, all over the place. But at the heart of it, at the core, everything that God sends, he sends with goodness and with love. And the closer, the more intense the love is, the greater the challenge, the greater the darkness and the concealment, or concealed love comes from a higher place, a place of greater love than revealed love. And everything comes from Hashem. So everything is love. And our job is to look inside, to study it, to examine it, to try and fathom it, to find the light in the darkness, to find the precious minerals that are hidden in the earth, deep in the earth. It takes digging. It takes effort. And here we are. Thank God it's Friday because other days, we're not too sure which day it is. We're not too sure which week it is, which month it is. But Baruch Hashem that it's Friday. And because it's Friday, we can focus on Shabbos and on the Parsha of the week. And Shabbos is a day of goodness, a day of light, a day of hope, a day that is nurtured by all the days that preceded it and nurtures or blesses all the days that will follow. So the Shabbos that we're entering is not only the Shabbos that follows this last week of ER, of healing, this week of counting, of polishing, this week of preparing to get the Torah 
in the month that is given to us to refine and to connect to our patriarchs who spent their lives doing just that, going from level to level and elevating the world as a result. But this week will bless next week. And next week is the week in which God again will give us his holy Torah. Next week, on Thursday night and Friday, it will be Yontif. It will be Shavuos. Next week, Shabbos, it will be Shavuot. Very holy days. Days that are also historically significant in that not only did Hashem give us the Torah on that day, but it's the day that David HaMelech, King David, was born and passed away. And in the Hasidic calendar, it too is the Yorzeit. Next Friday is the Yorzeit of Rabbi Yisroel Baal Shem Tov, the Holy Baal Shem Tov. So as we prepare for this Shabbos, we're also preparing for everything that this Shabbos contains. It contains... Next week, Shavuot, the Yorzeit of the author of Tehillim, the Yorzeit of the great and holy Baal Shem Tov, who brought Hasidic teaching, I should say revealed Hasidic teaching, into the world. However, the Shabbos is also the Shabbos that we bless the new month of Sivan, the month that contains all of these wonderful events, the giving of the Torah on Sinai, the time of bringing the Bikurim, the first fruits, to the Holy Temple, a day in which we will read and study the Book of Ruth. This is a very special time, and it's the time that we will end the counting of these seven weeks, these 49 days, and that God will give us the gift of the 50th day. We will do and are doing all that we can humanly, and God will respond to give us what is beyond the human grasp. But this month is blessed on this Shabbos. And this Shabbos is not only Shabbos Mevorachim, but we'll speak a little bit more about what this Shabbos contains in terms of the parsha. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. So here we are on the Shabbos that actually contains the entire month of Sivan. And the month of Sivan, of course, is the third month after we left the we left Egypt, we left Mitzrayim. And the number three is very significant. We're told that Hashem gave the Torah, which is three, to the nation, which is three, in the month, which is the third. And what are these three in each of these cases? What are they there for? They are there to influence the world with the number three. Hashem gave the Torah in the month, which is the third after leaving Egypt, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, to the nation, which is three, Kohanim, Leviim, Yisraelim, through a person who is the third. Moshe Rabbeinu was the third child of Amram and Yocheved. 
and he gave it to us. The nation that is three, the Torah that is made up of Torah, prophets, and holy writings, Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, the Tanakh, that we bring the message of three into the world. What is the message of three? One is God. Two, we can perhaps say, is where we do not see God in the world. The world seems a separate thing from God. But the number three that we need to strive for is a combination of the two, to reveal godliness in the world, to reveal godliness in interpersonal relationships, to reveal godliness in the way we do transactions, to reveal godliness in the way that we think, in the way that we live, in the ordinary or seeming ordinary. These days, everything is different. But one thing is clear. Hashem, in his infinite love, has put us into a situation where we are forced to look at ourselves. This is not a time when we can become easily distracted by being out in the world. If we do go out, we rush back. Nobody's looking to stay out there because out there seems to be a dangerous place. Everybody looks different with their masks. Everybody looks different in their eyes. Nobody's hanging out. Everybody's rushing back to what they perceive as a place of safety, which is the home. Despite being alone, we're never alone. Hashem is always with us. But the first thing that he's done is to make us look at ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we have to think of our life's mission. When we look at ourselves, we have to think and see the people that Hashem has put us into the space with. Because everything's by divine providence. As a teacher, and meeting with other teachers constantly, obviously, via Zoom, and other such things, we're trying to grapple with what's happening with the education that we're putting out there. Well, what is education? What does Torah say about education? Torah speaks to the parents. Torah says that the father, the mother, must educate their children. And you shall educate your son. You shall speak to your children. Normally, this in our world has been handed over to other people. Most people do not educate their children. Most people send their children to be educated. We're now in a situation where that's not happening. Yes, you can put your child in front of the computer. Yes, you can try and drag them out of bed and tell them it's time to go to class. But parents are becoming overwhelmed and exhausted. Teachers are seeing the reality of children are smarter than the teachers when it comes to things on the computer. They're in, they're out, they're twirling around. Where does all of this take us? It's a triad here, I believe. 
of parent, child, teacher. And if we're privileged to be the teacher, we cannot, with the best technology or the greatest ideas, reach the children without reaching the parents. The parents are central. Parents need to be highlighted, heard, understood. Parents have the obligation to educate their children, and parents are actually central in this whole situation. When we look at the Parsha, we see something fascinating. Here we are in lockdown. We're, as teachers, realizing that if we're going to succeed, it's really about the family. If we want to build the nation, if we want to build the children to be the leaders of tomorrow, we have to start by recognizing, applauding, taking into consideration the family. After this short break, we're going to talk more about that. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and I want you to know that KFM is concerned about all their listeners and would like to hear from you. KFM is there for you if there's anything specific that you could think of that you need more of. So, of course, for whatever's going on in the world, the Torah always has so much, not only to teach, but to clarify the first Rebbe was heard to say, the Alter Rebbe, one must live with the times. And from his younger brother, Rabbi Yehuda Leib, the Hasidim learned. The Hasidim had the further clarification that it means you must live with the Torah portion of the week. We will always find teachings that apply to our daily lives and what we're going through in the portion of the week. And the portion this week, it's not that difficult to actually see an incredible lesson for the times we are in now. So the Parsha begins with Hashem instructing Moshe to count the Jewish people. And to count them in a particular way, which sends us an amazing, amazing message. They were in the desert of Sinai. It was in the second year after leaving Egypt. And Hashem said to Moshe, count the people. He said, take a census of the congregation of the Israelites. But then an amazing word is used. He said, do it according to their families. The families. Well, if you want to count the nation, you basically want to know how many there are. Why should you count it according to their families? It's the sum total that really matters, isn't it? But saying that we must count it according to our families has a very powerful lesson for us. Rash, he says, why would Hashem want them to be counted again at this point. And 
Rashi says Hashem's always counting the people because he loves them so much. He counted them. This is the third time he's counting them since leaving Egypt. When they left Egypt, he counted them. Afterwards, when they transgressed by making, by building the golden calf, afterwards he counted them again to know how many were left. And he's counting them now because he has just brought his divine presence to rest a month before in the Mishkan, the tabernacle. But the operative word here is he loves counting us because he loves us. And there's a special love for the idea of family. Family is the basis of the world. You want to know the sum total? It goes back to the family. There's so many ways he could have counted us. And we'd still know how many there were. It could have been how many people in each tribe and add them up. But why specifically do it like that? That it had to be each one according to the family. Constantly as we go on in the Parsha, family is emphasized. Each tribe is listed and again, according to the family, to tell us that Yiddishkeit is based on family, that the world is based on family. How did the world begin? It began with Adam and Eve, two opposites, a man and a woman, two worlds. But when they came together, that's when the world began. That's when God's purpose in creation began to take form. Here we are, preparing to stand at Sinai. And the Parsha that's read at this time, although chronologically it took place later, it speaks to us about family. The Jewish nation is made up of families, and the entire nation is based on those families. If the families are healthy, if the families are communicating, if the families are loyal, what's happening in the home, that's what builds the world. The Jewish families. <coughs> How do you make a family? From two opposites, a man and a woman. God created the man and woman so different. Totally different way of thinking. Different way of looking at things. They look different. They react differently. But it is only together that they can build the world. Each one has a different mission. But when they work together in harmony, they make a family. One completes the other. Each one is able to give the other one what he doesn't have. It's a give and a take. It's an incredible dance. It's the way Hashem created the world. Bringing opposites together. That's how he created the world. 
He, the infinite spiritual one, creating this limited physical world where his presence is hidden. Heaven and earth, night and day, man and woman. And it's only when they work together that we get that number three. We get that result. We get a child. We get the fruit of our labor. We get a different type of world. People essentially are selfish. The way the world was going, it's all about me. How much more can I get for myself? What's in it for me? What can I gain, earn, draw, suck out of the world? How can I use somebody else to benefit myself? It's all about me. I want to be greater. I want to be richer. I want to be cleverer. I want to be more powerful. I want to be more educated. I, I, I. Family. It's the opposite. Why does one want to build a family? It's hard work. But it's about love. Real love. The basis of the Torah. To complete somebody else. To give to somebody else. To see the needs of somebody else. It's really... How can I be of service to you? And when we work in that way, a third unit is created, and it's called mishpacha, familia, a family. How does Hashem show his love? He shows his love to our nation through the family. A family made of people who give to one another. That's how he's counting us. The words used are, I'm going to count you, but I'm going to emphasize that the gift that I put inside of you, the ability to give to others, the ability to love, needs to be highlighted. When you count something, you show its preciousness. Hashem is counting our ability to make a family. One family, another family, he's counting us. And then what do we become? We become a tribe, a shavit. Our job, our mission in the world is to be of service to others, to benefit the world, to illuminate the world. Not, not God forbid, the opposite. It's not about selfishness, sucking out of nature whatever I possibly can standing on other people in order for me to be higher, taking away from others. It's all about me, all about more. Not at all. It's all about give. And the more that we give, the more we have. And it's an incredible, incredible equation. The more we give, the happier we feel. The more we give, the more the world is built. Family by family, man and woman. And it goes further than that. The first family, Adam and Eve, as it were, were the beginning. And all of us need to go back to the way it was at the beginning because now the externalities have been wiped away. And we have a chance again 
to create our own Garden of Eden. Let's look at the first Jew, Avraham Avinu. It says Avraham was different to the rest of the world. There was nobody else there then who thought the way Avraham did, and that was not to be selfish. Everybody was into themselves. They were afraid for themselves. They were greedy for themselves. They were, each one, isolated from the other. Although Avraham was one, and he kind of stood up against the whole world, as it were, Avraham founded a nation that is based on giving, based on concern for others, based on improving the world, starting with improving the family. And we're told that Hashem chose Avraham. And we say in the Haggadah that this is how Hashem drew us close to him. Hashem says, I took your father, Abraham, and I walked him through the entire land of Canaan, of Canaan. He took him out of a place called Haran. Haran means upset. Haran means selfishness. Where Hashem is upset because he's golden creating the world, which is love, giving, chesed, rachamim was not being done. So he took Avram out of that setting. He chose him from all the other people in the world. And through him, Hashem drew us close to his service, as we say in the Haggadah. What is the service of God? What is the purpose of being in this world? It is to reveal godliness in the world. And we do it through the medium of love, of giving, of acceptance, of not judging. Through the medium of actually emulating Hashem. He's merciful. He's kind. But he didn't just take Abraham. He also took his wife. Together with Abraham was Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah began with total strangers. And they brought them close to godliness. They brought them close. And what is godliness? Godliness is love. Abraham worked with the men and converted the men, as it were, to this way of thinking. And Sarah did the same with the women. And so one little family was created. And from this one couple... Abraham and Sarah, who were making souls. They were building people. They were working for others. That's the foundation of the Jewish people. That's us. And we need to, at this time, come back to who we really are. That's where we'll find the greatest happiness. Not with beautiful clothing, bigger houses, bigger swimming pools, a nicer car, a better telephone. Those are all externalities. We are here to do kindness for others. That is the foundation of the Jewish nation, which began with one family. And humanity began with one family. 
on the sixth day of creation, God created male and female. And he blessed them. And when he blessed them, he called them Adam. And when we've spoken before about that name, Adam, Adam, it says only after there was man and woman could they get that exalted title of Adam. What is Adam? Adam is the one that says, I am going to Adameh Le'elyon. I'm going to emulate my creator. A family brings godliness into daily life. That's the third. That's number three. <coughs> it's living normally. Yes. Get up in the morning. Thank God for the day. Wash your hands in a special way. Take care of your body. Get dressed. Eat. Take care of your soul. Pray. Take care of your family. Give. Give. And when we give to other people, we're really giving to Hashem Himself. And now we come to the festival of three. The time of the giving of the Torah. Even there we see the tremendous importance of family. How? When Hashem tells Moshe to prepare the people to receive the Torah. Let's do that historically for a moment. This coming Sunday is the first day of Sivan. It is Reish Chaydash. And on that day, historically, thousands of years ago, the Jewish nation arrived at Sinai. An amazing thing happened. It is written that they camped around the mountain like one man with one heart. Never before had there been such unity, and never again. And because of their love for each other, because they were united with this goal of getting the Torah, it was so exciting, it was so unifying. Hashem, in the merit of that, gave them the Torah. But the road to that in the next few days of preparation, are very interesting. It's a very interesting situation now. As the first day, which will correspond with Sunday, Hashem didn't bother the people. They had to unpack, they had to rest, they were tired from journeying. But the next morning, Hashem starts telling Moshe to prepare the people for getting the Torah. And Moshe was called up on the mountain on the second day of Sivan, which is a holy day, analogous to the day of giving the Torah in an informal way. And on that day, something special happened, which totally opens our eyes to the importance of family. And that is that Hashem did not just say, well, tell everybody to have a rest or get ready or cook food. The first thing Hashem said to Moshe after he called him up on the mountain is, go and speak to the women. Go and speak to the women to ask if they will accept my Torah. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM.
What a terrific idea. I've been thinking about that myself. What a wonderful thing to get something in the post for the doorbell to ring and somebody has sent you something. Very, very nurturing indeed. So we're speaking about preparation for getting the Torah. And what does Hashem do? He calls Moshe up on the mountain on the second day of Sivan, which corresponds to this coming Monday. And the first thing he says is, Go and speak to the house of Jacob. And Rashi tells us, These are the women. The house is the women. Speak to them first. The homemaker, the nurturer, the one who will spend the time with the children from time of conception, through birth, infancy, toddlerhood, the mother. Ask the women if they want to accept my Torah. Ask them first. Because I know, says Hashem, that if the women accept the Torah, if they love the Torah, if they value the Torah, the children will also feel that way. We know that what the parent loves and values becomes beloved and valued to the child. It's a fascinating thing. If you truly love something, it gets transmitted, it gets passed over to the children. It enhances us because love is the basis of everything. And it gets transmitted to those whom we love. So first Hashem said, speak to the house, speak to the home. Bet Yaakov, the women who will build the nation of Jacob. And then, and then speak to the men. And to the women, the word Omar is a gentle word. Women get it. They hear it. They understand it. They don't fight against it. They want it. Women are more spiritual by nature. And women need to understand their role in family. They need to take that leadership. What the woman wants in the home will be there. It might take 15 years. But ultimately, if I as a woman truly love something, believe in something, want something, ultimately, I will be able to transmit that message and I will ultimately have that thing. When you want something like Torah, when you want something which is so godly, when you want something which is so holy, of course Hashem is there assisting you. Hashem, together with our pure efforts in doing a mitzvah, brings about a real change, a number three in the world. We need to remember that we are preparing now to again receive the Torah. It is God's will. He created the world because of the Torah and because of Israel who would bring the Torah into action 
in creation. And Hashem is giving it to us again this year. We don't have the opportunity to go to shul and to hear the Ten Commandments being read. But we will do so in our homes. We will gather our children. We will make sure that they hear and understand. Make sure that they love what we love. It is now a time when Hashem has given back the power to family. He's not only counting us, but he's empowering us. Because when you count something, you actually highlight it. And when Hashem counts us, and he's showing us his love, he's not just doing something abstract, but he is giving us an injection. He's giving us the strength to do what we need to do. As teachers, we need to recognize that it is actually the parents that we need to honor, uplift, and value in terms of what is their input. They're the ones on the front line. And if we want to be able to teach, we need to have the buy-in, the wisdom, the love of the mothers and the fathers. And from families, what happens? One family, another family, another family builds up into something called a shavit. Now, what does this word shavit mean? It means a tribe. We are the tribes of Israel or the tribes of Jacob. But the word shavit is also a branch. Shavit is a branch, a stick. And there are various reasons as to why we are called Shivtei Yisrael. First of all, because the world leans on us. It depends on us to behave correctly. We are the example that the world needs. The world needs to see our love, our example of giving, our example of family, our example of connection to Hashem. That's what it means to be a light to the nations, and that's what it means to be a shavit, a strong tribe, as it were. We need to be, as well, those who lean on our forefathers. We can lean on Jacob. We can lean on Israel, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We can emulate their ways. And we're told that even though they're not alive in the world today, they and all the subsequent leaders of Israel continue to pray in our behalf, continue to support us, continue to be there for us if we only call out to them. That's why it's a time-honored Jewish custom to pray at the graveside of Tzadikim. Tzadikim are always there for the people. And therefore, even in these days, when we cannot necessarily go to a place like Hebron, but the people in Hebron are actually taking our prayers, our requests, and going there to pray. We may not be able to get 
to the grace of Tzadikim. But the Rebbe's graveside is frequented not only by individuals, but by we're able to email a request to be read at the graveside. And we're seeing amazing, amazing results from doing these things. The tzaddikim do not rest. The question is asked, what is Moshe Rabbeinu doing since he passed away? And we're told, our sages tell us, just as here he stood and served the people, so is it too that he continues to stand and serve the people. We have advocates on high. They are rooting for us. They're depending and counting on us. For we are the generation that has been given this test and this trial. They marvel at us, we're told, that we are able to withstand the difficulties of a very materialistic world and still opt for godliness, for holiness. And that is what Moshe Rabbeinu saw about the generation that would greet the Mashiach. He stood in awe. He was humbled by them because the challenges in materialism were so prevalent, are so prevalent. But Hashem has given us an incredible opportunity. He has pulled the materialism, well, pulled us away from it. We're not out there in the same way that we were. And we have a chance to build ourselves in a spiritual, holy way now, particularly because the time is a holy time of self-refinement and preparation to receive God's gift. And just as the women were asked first if they would like to receive the Torah, the women in the homes now, the nurturers, the carers, those who really care and give to others, they are the ones to instill that love through example. And that is what will bring Mashiach. Love, goodness, kindness. How do we show love for God? By showing love to another. <clears throat> I also want to share with you the blessing of children, whether they are biological children or whether they are the children spiritually whom we teach. So the story is, and I've told it on the radio, that there was a particular chassid who did a big favor for someone who was close to the Rebbe. And it was a daunting favor. So he thought he now has a chance to ask the Rebbe for a special bracha a special blessing. At that time, his business was not doing well. His business challenges were huge, and it seemed that they were insurmountable, that his business was, God forbid, going to fail, and he had a huge business. So he asked the Rebbe for a bracha that everything in that part of his Life should miraculously fall into place. Do you know what the Rebbe said to him? Well, he said like this. If you have a chance to ask for anything in the world, how could you ask for anything other than Yiddish and Nachas from your children? Hashem is asking us 
to give him nachas. And he's given us the opportunity where our worlds seem to be falling apart in certain senses. And we are rising to the challenge. And because we are rising to the challenge by looking at all of this as good and saying, Hashem, I know that only good comes from you. And I know that this too is for the best. And in that positive response, Hashem is so proud of us. And we can ask him really for anything. And because he's having Yiddish Anachas from his children, we can approach him more easily. There's no greater blessing than the gift of Nachas from children. Hopefully we're giving him that Nachas. Hopefully we can turn to him and say, the Nachas we're asking for is Nachas from our children. But can you not see that we're giving you Nachas? And we're going to ask you to send Mashiach so that we can continue to give you Yiddish Nachas from your children and from their children. Hashem, it's a partnership. It's a number three. So in wishing you a good Shabbos, I wish you also a good Chodesh. Also wish you a Chag that, as the Rebbe said, may we receive the Torah with great joy and in an inward manner. And may we soon rejoice together at the ultimate Simcha when Hashem will actually give us the new Torah, the Torah of the future, the greater, deeper insights into His holy Torah. Good Shabbos, good Chodesh.